God bless you. That's better. <laughs> Greet you all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Wow, wonderful to see you. Praise God. I see Brother Andrew here for the first time. Praise the Lord. Sister Sherry Kukon sitting over here. Wonderful. Brothers and sisters, the Robinson family. Praise God. Brother Tom Frey over here. Brother Paul and Sister Heidi. Amen. Wonderful. Hallelujah. Praise God. And if I missed you, I know the Lord didn't. Amen. God bless you all. Can we sing, you were playing it earlier, Beautiful Star of Bethlehem. Let's just sing that together. Oh, beautiful star of Bethlehem, shining upon her shadows gathering in. I believe it's key of F. I am thinking of the rapture in our blessed home on high. When
of faith we're walking right into that promise not that promise so much but it's a reality it's the truth amen why don't we all stand together this morning I keep saying tonight but it is morning can we just sing oh come let us adore him he's worthy of our praise oh <clears throat> oh come let us adore time. Brother Tom, could I ask you to come and pray with us this morning? Just have a, a one prayer request that we received from Sister Laverne Clemens, um, her daughter Nancy, 
I believe she's in Texas in Houston was caught in a house fire um, she wasn't burned but she was able to call 911 but she had really bad smoke inhalation and she's got double pneumonia she's in the hospital so we just want to bring that before the Lord this morning a real urgent need and there's many needs amongst us and Amen. Amen. Nice to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Why don't we just bow our heads in a word of prayer? Amen. Our dear and precious Heavenly Father, what a joy it is to come into the house of the living God. Lord, to worship you, the true unveiled Christ that has come in this hour. Lord, we want to give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise that is due your holy name. For truly, Lord, you are the line of the tribe of Judah, and you have indeed prevailed. We have prevailed through the word. And Lord, these are needs in the body. And Lord, I'm asking, as Sister Lorraine has asked, That we pray, Lord, for her daughter. I pray, God, that you will raise her up for the glory of God. Lord, you can do anything. Lord, the doctors can give oxygen, but you can give the right oxygen. You can give her breath as you did Adam that day, Lord, and he became a living soul. I pray, God, that you will raise her up for the glory of God. Lord, we rejoice in the promise of God. You said, ask, and you shall receive. And so, Lord, not only for her, but for the needs within the church. I pray, Father, for Brother Milko. Lord, even the other day as he was singing with Sister Ruth, my heart leapt to see, Lord, words being formed upon his lips. I say, oh, God, loosen those lips. God, let his mind be quickened. Let his body, Lord, feel the surge of the Holy Spirit spirit this morning. Brother Henry going through this transition of stem cells. I pray God that he'll be stronger now than he's ever been in his life, Lord. Let him run this great race, Lord, holding the banner of your word. Truly, you are the Lord God that healeth all our diseases. And so, Lord, even at this Christmas season where people are running about, Lord, our thoughts are on you. The great gift of life that you've given us. And we'll be looking to you this evening around the Lord's Supper. We pray it'll be a special time for each and every one of us as we will gather to rejoice and do it in remembrance of you. We commit the service asking you'll anoint Brother Murphy. We love him. We love the gift of God within him. Use him mightily, Lord. Let that word, Lord, change us, heal us, wash us, use him. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ for your glory. Amen. Amen. You may have your seats. I'm sorry. I'm sorry we didn't pray for the offering. I'm sorry. Let's just pray once again. Heavenly Father, as the brothers stand here and... We will give our offerings this morning. Will you bless the giver, Lord, as they will give not to a church, but to the body of Christ. And Lord, pour out the windows of blessing on those that can and those that are not able, Lord. Make it so down the road, Lord, that they will have a bountiful blessing. We ask it now. Bless the offering in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Amen. You may have your seats. God bless you. Amen. We'll give him all the glory. We have a couple of announcements this morning to make, and they're joyous, joyous announcements. Um, this morning, this morning, Brother Leon, Sister Lorna, Garland would like to make an announcement. Uh, maybe we can put a picture up. Anybody know Danny? We all know Danny. <laughs> Brother Danny took a trip to the Philippines. <laughs> and you never know what's going to happen when you go back to your homeland. And so Brother and Sister Garland would love to announce the, uh, the engagement of Daniel and Shekinah, Leorna, Leornor, Leornor. And their uh, wedding will be October the 27th, 2022. So if you haven't visited the Philippines, there's a chance to visit and rejoice with the Garland family. God bless you. We have another announcement to make. Anybody remember Brother Obed Dioka? Raise your hand if you remember Brother. And we can never forget. He's a part of us. And I guess I'm called Papa Tom in Canada and Mama Joanne. So uh, another picture I think we've got ready here. Brother Obed, uh, we prayed with him back in 2015, came into the back pastor study and asked that we have some special prayer. They have not been able to have a child. And here we are, 2021, rejoicing on December the 9th, Jesse Samuel Dioka has come into the world with much prayer. Saints around the world, I'm sure, have been praying, but we want to rejoice this morning. God is good all the time. <laughs> That's a long time coming. That's a long time coming, but the promise is, ask anything in my name, and you shall receive it. And we receive this gift from God, and God bless Brother Obed and Sister Ann this morning. Amen. Bless you. Thank you, Brother Tom. And happy to see you, Brother Biscoll. Very good to see you. Sister Ruth. God bless you. Wonderful. Just a couple more announcements. And just before I do that, I just wanted to, Brother Andrew, I'm just going to let you relax this morning, but I just wanted to say I really enjoyed that special last Sunday. It was very timely and was even though the guitar didn't work that well, but it was it was well received on this end. Enjoyed it so much. Um, next Sunday, which is um, December, sorry, today's the nineteenth. Next Sunday is the twenty-sixth. <clears throat> Sunday school children will be singing a special song. So I'm just asking the parents to have the children at fellowship hall at ten fifteen. And then a trustee's announcement, uh, any donations to be included on this year's donation receipt need to be made before December 31st. Everybody got that? And we also have a visitor with Sister Margaret. It's a co-worker name of Sheila. We welcome you here this morning. <laughs> Amen. 
And once again, we have communion tonight at 4.30, and both here and at the camp. We're going to be joining together. Can we sing Joy Unspeakable? This is a joyous time. I feel it. I, I feel, I'm, I'm not so, I mean, okay, whatever. I'm, Christmas is all year for me, right? We don't celebrate the birth of Christ much, but we, we, we celebrate the living God amongst us. Amen. And what he's done in our lives. And, oh, well, it's, it's Christmas and we're just going to go with it. But um, praise God. The Lord Jesus is real and he's making himself alive in our midst. Amen. And that just causes great joy in our hearts. All right, let's start with the chorus. It is joy unspeakable and full of glory, full of glory, full of glory. It is joy unspeakable and full of glory on the hands has never yet been told. I have found His grace is all complete and He supplies every. Yeah. 
the splendor of a king. The splendor of a king. Clothed in majesty, all the earth rejoices. All the earth rejoices. He wrapped himself in light and on his to come this morning maybe we could just stand together all together and sing I stand in awe within the presence of the Lord 
I stand in awe within the presence of the Lord, in whom the wisdom of the ages and a helpless world. But Lord, by your word, you give us a sure hope, Lord. It's not just a, a, a hope that could wish to, but Lord, it had a foundation, Lord. Lord, you have shed your blood so that we have a hope that is confirmed. You confirm our destination. We know where we're coming from and know where we're going to. We thank you, Lord, for the word that has shined upon us in this hour. You reveal yourself in such a reality to us so that when we worship, we're not just a worship in the feeling. We're not just a worship in an emotion, but we worship in thus says the Lord, the Lord. Lord, there is nothing can be any firmer than the word that you have been established in our heart. Lord, we give you all the thanks, Lord. Lord, as we come to the worship in spirit, now we're worshiping in truth. May the author of the truth come down to fellowship with us, to expound your word to us. Lord, we know your word can wash us. We know your word can correct us. We know your word can deliver us. 
Your word can heal the sickness. Your word is everything to us. Lord, we give it to you, you the priority that you're coming down to speak to us. Bypass the men's thoughts. Lord, that a man can think and a man can study, can prepare. But Lord, without you, all those efforts will be in vain. But Lord, we come to want to hear you speaking to us. You have to spoke to us time after time. Lord, we believe you will speak to us again this morning. I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless every one of you. And it's so good to be back to the house of God again. And that I have a, a, a big expectation for uh, this afternoon, for the evening, for the communion. And we're going to uh, come together and um, take the Lord's uh, Supper and the washing's feet and heaven. I've been doing that uh, for a long time because of the COVID and everything. But Lord has made a way for us. And uh, but before that, uh, we want to uh, worship the Lord and uh, listen to His Word. And I believe the Lord uh, will speak it to us and this morning and then also this evening. Let's turn to our scripture, um, Gospel of Luke, chapter 14. And so good to see uh, uh, different people that are coming across to the border. Uh, I heard of Brother Robinson's, uh, I think, Rivas, uh, Brother Andrew, and different uh, people, Brother Paul and Sister Hattie Neighbor. Sorry, don't let me mention the name. I, I'm, I'm going to miss some. But uh, Brother Eddie and Sister Janelle, just so appreciated every one of you and to uh, come to um, for the service. And it will make the service different, Brother Tom, and uh, by your presence. Uh, we just um, let's uh, read the scripture book of uh, uh, Luke uh, chapter 14. Let's read from uh, verse 16. Then said he unto him, A certain man made a great supper and bade many and sent his servants at a supper time to say to them that were bidden, Come, for all things are now ready. And they all with one consent began to make excuse. The first said unto him, I have bought a piece of a ground, and I must need go and see it. I pray thee, have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I go to prove them. I pray thee, have me excused. And another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. So that servant came and showed his Lord that these things. Then the master of the house began being angry said to his servants, Go out quickly into the streets and lambs of the city and bring in hither the poor and the mend and the halt and the blind. And the servant said, Lord, it is done as thou hast commanded, and yet there is a room. And the Lord said unto the servants, Go out into the highways and the hedges and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. For I say unto you that none of those men which were bidden shall taste my supper. Amen. May the Lord bless this word. You may be seated. I would like to uh, speak to the title, just um, the scripture we just read. Compel them to come in. Compel them to come in. Uh, You know, we have... um, uh, I think that we all have received a different invitation. Uh, we uh, received an invitation that to come uh, to the BCA school and to uh, attend um, uh, the BCA concert. 
And to the also where uh, I, I know that uh, on Friday there were senior people received an invitation uh, that had come on the Friday afternoon uh, to have the time together. I think they called that a tea party uh, for our senior people and to the uh, different young people coming from the BCA and spending the time with them. And to be invited, it was a, a wonderful thing. Uh, that shows uh, your importance. You know, that shows um, uh, that you are honored uh, uh, guest. But uh, the, the intensity of the invitation uh, can be very different. And sometimes the invitation, if just uh, you feel, if just generally uh, giving, you know, everybody uh, is welcome. But we want to be a special body, not just uh, everybody. So when we have the invitation, you know, when you when you hear uh, uh, saw your names is on the invitation card, it just done something to you. And so I think that that's the same thing when God invited us. Uh, he put the great thought into that. He put a great of thinking about you. Then he invites you to come. And when he mentioned your name, it's not just uh, generally just give it an uh, invitation. He specifically mentioned your name. You said, well, I didn't hear my name. And he says, uh, but the Bible said, whosoever will let him come. And that included everyone. But it doesn't mean that whosoever come, it just become a general. It become also specific because your name was included inside of that. So when the invitation that had come, and it also, it takes that the person who received an invitation, and they have to accept it, and then make an effort to go. But you find out in this age, there's as many times we find that the invitation of the Lord, give it to the people, but the people find excuse, and try to avoid that invitation. And we find out in the scripture, that we just read over here, and um, uh, it said that there are certain men, and we know that's not our Lord, who uh, made it a great supper and bade many to come. Then he sent his servants and at the supper time to invite them and uh, said that all things are ready. And uh, he wanted the people come for his supper. And you know, when the Lord invited us to come, he doesn't just uh, invite us to come just randomly and unprepared. He only invites you when He has prepared, when everything ready, then He invites you to come. And you know, I, uh, sometime that we're, uh, uh, we're, uh, uh, dinner is ready, uh, we ask our children uh, to come. You know, dinner is ready. And uh, sometimes my children ask, is it ready, ready, or is ready? <laughs> so we want to tell them, is it ready, ready, right now, come down, please. <laughs> So that's it, ready, ready. When Lord gave us an invitation, it's always ready, ready. When He made things as ready, that take to you, you must make the effort. Not only effort, you must take heed. This is the time. Don't miss it one minute. Don't, don't try to find an excuse. Oh, I have this thing to do. I have that thing to do. Now the dinner is ready and ready. And I believe God in this last age, He has announced to us, all things are ready. All the mystery has been revealed. The seventh angel has sounded. The trumpet has blown. All the mystery of God is finished. So now is the time the Lord said to us, it's ready, ready, ready. There's no delay in this anymore. He even said, time shall be no longer. 
in outer time, the people can be dilatory, can be doing this and that. You know, I have the, but this time you absolutely run out of any excuse because he said the dinner is ready and ready. The feast it is ready. This is the time to come. If you miss this time, you won't get a time because he said the time shall be no longer. But we find out that the people, they try to find all kinds of excuse. And um, uh, let's look at some of these excuses that they had. And that the one, uh, they said, that, you know, I bought uh, a, a piece of uh, ground that I have to, uh, uh, I need to go to see it. You never bought a piece of ground without seeing it. You bought a piece of ground first, you go see first, then you bought a piece of uh, the property. You don't go buy a house unless you're a billion billionaire. You just don't care. But you bought a piece of the property you want to see first. You want to look at that. And, uh, and also, this is the dinner time. You, uh, uh, dinner time is supper time is the night. Well, you can't see anything. What you going to see? The property is so dark you can't see anything. But people try to find excuse. And people, a lot of time, when God gave them an invitation, they try to find as legitimate as they can be. So that when an excuse made, they can make themselves feel more comfortable. Okay, the reason I don't come is because of this, plus this, and plus that. It's just making it so difficult for me to come. But when God said all things is ready, it's not only God has ready, the time is ready too. He didn't invite them for breakfast. He didn't invite them for two days later, three days later. He didn't invite them for now. It's supper time, the Bible time. If it is a supper time, it's a time to feast. It's time to eat. It's not time to look at your property. It's not a time to look at your job. It's not looking at this and that, all kinds of excuses. Now is a supper time. What you going to look at a property in a supper time? You can look at it later on. You can look at another time. But this is the time to feast on the word of God. Then he also said the other one that said, Oh, I bought a five pair of ox. I need to try them. You don't buy a car. Just uh, go uh, randomly. Just go buy a car. You do the test drive first. But it just showed how the people, they do everything they can try to get out of this. It's the reason they try to get out of this because they have something that feel that is more important than this thing. They feel there is something that is more important than invitation from the Lord. They feel their education is more important. They feel their career is more important. They feel their family is more important. They feel that their love, their relation, uh, uh, you know, your girlfriend is more important. Your boyfriend is more important. But God said, this is a supper time. When supper time come and give it an invitation, this is the time for you to feast on the word of God. And there's another one that said, uh, this is the most ridiculous one actually, uh, to my standard. He said, uh, I married a wife. What that to do with supper? It's almost like, uh, uh, it's almost like I invited a brother Tom Frey to come to my house, Sister Kim. I said, brother Tom, you know, just come to my house um, and we're, uh, we're going to have a dinner together. And brother Tom told me, oh, sorry, I drive a Corolla. <laughs> yeah, you drive a Corolla. Yeah, the Camry came. The Yaris came. What year is your Corolla? Is that a ridiculous? 
This is totally two different subject. But they said, I married a wife. Well, I invite you for supper. What's that to do with your wife? Is your wife allergic to this, allergic to that? I can make this happen. But they said, I married to a wife. La, la. <laughs> a lot of time, you find out that people's excuse just so ridiculous. And let me say this. Any excuse in this time for God giving an invitation, there's a no excuse is legitimate anymore. Any excuse is just as ridiculous as this married wife ridiculous. To God, all excuse has been pushed it away. Because when he said all things are righty, and that means it is righty now. And the season is right. The time is right. And the food is right. Everything is right. Well, then God gives an invitation. And in this hour, he gives an invitation to feast on the word of God. The mystery has been revealed. The seal has been opened. Everything that God has been doing all this year, it come to the fulfillment of now. But then the people, they give all kinds of excuse and try to excuse them then not to come. And you know, in God's eyes, all those excuses, no matter what it is, is all becoming ridiculous. The politics that excuse is ridiculous. And if you said, oh, I was hurt, I cannot overcome, that is ridiculous too. To man, that might be make sense, but to God, it doesn't make sense whatsoever. And he said, you know, somebody step on my toes, so that's why I don't come. That is to God is ridiculous. And this person is not my favorite preacher. I don't want to come. And that is a ridiculous. In God's eye, there's no excuse. It's legitimate. No matter sometime we're thinking of how hard it is or how legitimate it is. But God always provides the strength and the force for you to do it. You know, is your life worthy of the gospel? But Abraham said, he said, how can, he said, look at our religious system today. How can it be that a church can ever get into the condition that they are now? It's because they have rejected and refused the message of God. That invitation to come to the feast. And God gave us an invitation, not just uh, to sitting down in his house and uh, to spend some time in a social gathering or whatever. He invited it. Oh, he invited the people come to feast, to eat. And but when a person, when a church rejected that, then that a church, a church dropped it into the confusion. And that's what is the system, religious system has been gone into. If a person rejected the word of God, rejected the invitation that for this specific hour, then the person become confused. And then it's your life, the words of the gospel. Brother Branham said, he said that Jesus said in here that those that were bidden and turn it down, they will not taste it as a supper. He said when God sent the Holy Ghost and knocks at the man's door and he deliberately turns it down, sometime he's going to turn it for his last time. And then you won't be a privileged character. You can sit in the church and listen to the gospel and agree with the gospel. You might do so much as say, I know it's right. 
but never put a finger on it to help it yourself. You just listen to it because you say, oh, I believe it's right. Let's just sympathize with it. To receive an invitation is to put your whole self into it. To receive an invitation is not only just talking about it, just not to sympathize with what you heard, but you got to put your finger in it. You got to put yourself into it. You got to receive it and let a word living in you. Let a word start to working in you. Let a word deliver you. Let a word transform you. It's that this is the eternal life. And to refuse to do it one day, you will cross the line between judgment and mercy. And then you won't be, have the privilege to come and receive it. When God gives an invitation, it's not just an invitation available or uh, valid for uh, all time long. And we heard that the word, that when you got an invitation, uh, it was a lot of time, it always has a, a RSVP. Is that right? I, I just find out yesterday what is the RSVP means. I always think that RSVPs uh, reserve uh, a seat uh, very privately. That's what I thought is RSVP. So, you know, you try to send an email. Okay, they don't want anybody to know. But only yesterday I, I, I checked it out. I said, I better check it out. What does that mean? I, I, sure enough, it's wrong, different from what I saw. It's not reserved to see that very privately. It's a please to respond. English is a funny word, you know. <laughs> but, but, you know, that's a, when the invitation comes, you have to respond to it. And uh, when, when you hear the, the, the word, it's not just uh, sometimes, oh, I hear the word, oh, it's wonderful. You know, I go, uh, I, I raise my hand. And, uh, you know, that's not to just raise your hand. And that's not just sort of, I believe it. That's just sympathize to it. You got to come. To receive the letter is easy. The mailman do the job. But for you to beat the traffic, to brave the storm, to go into the, that is the process. That is, you have to make an effort to it. But you see, when God gives you an invitation, He also provides you the means to go to that invitation. He doesn't just give it an invitation and say, you know, just make your effort, just to do your own thing, just, uh, you know, at your time. He's, if He decided there's a certain time that the dinner is, is ready, He will provide it the means for you to come. If God said that this is the end time for the word to be ready, to be feasted and on, if this is the time of urgency, He will provide you the means to apply to that urgency so that you can make it. It's not that he tried to do something to just give you an invitation, let you to do it. He gave you an invitation. He has already started up the whole road. You don't have to be worried about it. You just receive that. He will provide everything that is in that journey. And we find that in this, uh, after the, the, uh, the people in the first reject or find excuse, then in the invitation, uh, God didn't just uh, uh, annul his invitation, but he just invited uh, different other people. For there's a man that uh, get a great supper. And then, uh, uh, of course, we know that the brother Bram is talking about the denomination, the Pharisees. They have rejected it. And then uh, he uh, go to call the man, the hall to the lamb. And he, had, uh, he said it was, it was a, a healing service. That a, a healing uh, service began. 
And he tried to use that to attract the, the, the people, to calling them, to let them come. No matter what your situation is, this word, the invitation, when it comes to you, he will provide all your need. You said, oh, I'm lame, I'm halt, I don't do it, but God had a healing for that. You said, oh, I have the uh, uh, defect in all my character, the personality, whatever it is. But God said, I will provide to the means. Even in the book of Matthew chapter 22, when he invited the people for the, his sons to the marriage supper, he provided a robe for whoever that is coming in. As long as you're coming through the door that Jesus is coming through, the self-sacrifice, then he will provide to the robe for you. And then the last one that he was invited to them is those one that is on the highways and on the hedges. And if we look at that, that means that he go out of the way. And because there's still room that in that, uh, in that supper. So God will make sure every his seat will be filled. No, regardless of what condition, no, regardless what the people try to reject it, uh, the invitation, but God will make sure that His table will be full of the people and predestinated to the people. And we say that we said the last one. He said, I'll "Compel them to come in." The reason to compel them to come in because they're out of the city, they're on the hedges, and they're not to the inside of the city. And the historian said that most of the, it's those beggars that's on there. It's those of the people that was not worthy. They will be the one on the hedges and on our highways. They're the one that's just a traveling, just a traveling through. But all of a sudden there's a servant that comes and says, no, you're not a travel anymore. Coming over to this supper. Oh, I'm not a worthy. We're a stranger. I never filled the atmosphere before. I never come into the church before. I never feast on. This is stranger supper, but coming in. Compel them to coming in. No matter what condition, no matter you know it or you don't know it, this is supper time. Don't travel any longer. This is the time to feast on the word of a God. Because all things are ready. It said, go out of the city. Go out of the way. People probably never heard this message, but go to compel them to coming in. A lot of time, God used it different ways to compel the people to coming in. And the way He do it sometimes is very strange. You know, when, you, when God gave it an invitation, you cannot have just said, oh, I partially receive it. To receive an invitation, that means that you have to receive it in full. And not hearing it, but you have to make effort to it. And before the predestinated seed of God, they don't want to find that excuse. There, there's one the invitation that gave it to them. They're always receiving it. Because inside of them, there's no rejecting button. There's no, there's nothing in them when they hear the word of God, something inside of them responding to it. For the people, they try to find excuse. But for the real believer, every time when an invitation does come, and they always something responding inside of them, this is my chance. When an invitation for the healing to come, something inside of them, the word of God is the truth. When a deliverance and invitation come, there's something inside of them, this is the day that I can be delivered. 
Why? Because on the inside of them, there is a predestinated seed laid in there. The other people can reject it, but to them, there is no rejecting button in them. The reason is because you were chosen before the foundation of the world to accept this rapturing message. And God will use all kinds of a way to compel His predestinated seed to come in. No matter what situation that you're at, sometimes He compels them use of the things we probably never even think. That is the way the Lord inviting me. Sometimes He compels us with trials. It's in those trials that the people, their sins start to getting sharpened. Then it starts to wake it up. Sometimes he used, uh, you lost the loved ones. And we never were thinking that's the sad, that is a tragedy. But how many of the people we can see that the people that are going to the funeral service, they hear it in a sermon, and then they know this is my time, I better think about it. God used all kinds of ways to wake people up. And to compel them to come. Sometimes God used health. To give some people the healthy body. And the healthy body doesn't lure them into sleep, but makes them a more appreciative God. Lord, I think the brother Tim said at one time, I appreciate the Lord and the divine healing. I appreciate the divine health the more than the divine healing. If the God can keep you healthy, that is more better than the divine, uh, divine healing. And sometimes God uses sickness to compel people to come. And I know that the people, they're on a sick bed. And then they give heart to the Lord. God compel them to come. And sometimes God uses a blessing to let the other person compel them to come. Uh, to come. And but sometimes God uses a curse to compel people to come. When they are coming into the difficult situation, and then there are different, the, the, the disaster that happened on them. But also remember, that's a tender hand of Jehovah. If the tender hand of Jehovah that will show to those Israelites that are during the Second World War, and that they would have been killed, that are in the guest chamber, how much more the tender hand of Jehovah will show to it is a bride to compel them to come to this feast. And sometimes the compelling it's when you got a car accident. And God compel you to come. I remember at the time of Brother David at Trinidad. That he was at a, was a pinched down underneath uh, the truck. And I really appreciate that of what he said. He said, I checked it out, my Lord. Is there anything that is in my life? I was thinking, Lord, sometime he takes those to the event like that. To let us really to soberly thinking what our condition is. It does a lot of time, and it doesn't mean that we're sin, that we do things that are wrong. But just God gave us an invitation and said, I invite you, come to this. Nothing else is important. This is the most important thing in your life right now. And sometimes He lets you avoid the car accident. And then to wake you up. That's still God compelling you to come. Sometimes God uses meek and gentle, and the preaching, and to the two, to uh, compel us to come. But sometimes God uses scorching and rebuke. Try to let us to come. But it's all so compelling. That the people to receive the invitation. Sometimes God gave it to the person. The happy marriage. To compel them to come. But also sometimes. God used divorce. To let them to come. We don't want to commit. We don't want to admit that. We don't want that. 
But God doing things for one purpose, compelling you to come to receive the invitation. Sometime they let you born in a happy family. But that's still the compelling of a God. Take your time. Take your opportunity. This is the time for you to receive the message, to receive the invitation. But sometime God let you born in an orphan. Born as an orphan. In a, there was a, basically, there was a no parents. Some parents, are the, they're left in the home. Some, they're, they're, uh, they're, they're passing, uh, they're passing it away. But it's also the compelling power of God. Try to compel you to come and receive that invitation. Sometimes your children are with you. That's the compelling. That you may be more than in your heart filled with urgency. Lord, I want you to keep my children. Keep them in this good atmosphere. That's the compelling force. And sometimes your children is in the world. But that's still the compelling that a force of a God, even that it tore your heart to pieces, but that to make you search even more that it in your life, Lord, if there's anything that it in my life, Lord, I want you to make it right. It's the compelling force of a God, and it try to let you to receive the invitation, all for one purpose, because God is determined for you to receive that invitation. And God's provided a way. But Abraham said, He said, One invitation was given out. He said, An excuse was made. Then back they come and said, They won't come. Not even notice that the last time that they sent them out was to go into the hedges and the highways and the byways, gather lamb holds and the blinds and to compel them to come in. For God is determined that His table will not be set and there will be nobody there. God wants His table full. It's not how much you determined, but how much God is determined. He determined to let us a wedding supper that will not be one seat that is empty. You find out that those are limited holds, no matter what condition they are in, but it never deterred an invitation. They're faithful. They're a beggar or poor. It doesn't deter him. And no matter they're a lame and a halt or, or they're a prostitute, a streetwalker, as Brother Branham said, and they never deterred him. Then I'll see your filthiness in the past will not deter you. Your lukewarmness will not deter him. But it doesn't mean so that it means that God lower his standard. Said, you know, whatever anybody want to accommodate, if it's accommodated, can just keep their old life. No. But God compelling to this predestinated seed, despite your condition, despite your weakness, whatever background that that is, but it compel you to receive his word. Because he know that in this word, there's a power to transform. In His Word, there's a power to wash the filthy vessel clean. So God sending this message is to compel that the people to come for it is a supper. Just as the Bible was said, He goes to the hedges and the highways, try to compel the people to come because this is the time. 
And God provided a way. He said, don't make any difference what your past life has been. When you got an invitation to come, you're ready to come. If you've been bad, if you've been a street walker, if you've been a gambler, if you've been a drunkard, if you've been a murderer, no matter what you have been, if God gave you the invitation knocking at your heart, He will take care of the rest of it. And don't be weary and see, well, i just been the lukewarm church member. He will still take care of it. If you will just take heed to what, uh, to that invitation. That's all God wants us to do. He wants us to come as what we are. It's not you try to uh, pull up your strap of your boots and try to make it to the moon. It's He has already provided All you need to do, just come as what you are. He doesn't require anything from you because He provided a means to change you. There's another excuse that the people, they try to avoid this invitation. That excuse is, uh, you know, Lord, I'm not worthy. I'm not a worthy for this invitation. I'm not a worthy for your calling. You know, I haven't done this, I haven't done that. You see, there's a nobody is as worthy. When God is calling people, He doesn't calling people that is worthy. He calling people that is actually unworthy. The whole purpose is to fill that in this uh, dinner table. The whole purpose is because there is a room. And there's everything is ready, but there's the people that are invited, they're not worthy to, they didn't come. That's why he doesn't check your worthiness, but because he has prepared the word, and because of the time is right now, that's why he doesn't care about your worthiness, he just wants you to come to receive. And when you come to receive, He will provide everything that you needed. And we'll see God has prepared this message that it is our, and that is, that is the invitation they give it to you, that everyone that is predestinated that it to be under the table of God. And when this word has to come, and as in the book of Revelation chapter 10, 7 said, But in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he shall begin to sound, the mystery of God should be finished, as he has declared to his servant, the prophet. God sending his servant to present an invitation to every predestinated seed. And as I said, because of the time is urgent. That's why he's sending his servant in such urgency. And to compel that everyone that led him to come for this, uh, uh, this supper that he has prepared. And we find uh, that in the service, we would see Jesus. But Abraham said, did you ever know that a man that are led by the Spirit of a God can understand their own self? They're driven by the force that sometimes they think, you know, why did I ever do that? But it's a God working in them. Sons and daughter of a God, a led better spirit of a God. 
Have you felt that at some time, there is something that is inside of us, we don't even know what's happened, but something just driven us, just driven us to do the certain things. What is that? Because there is a seed inside of them. And when God sends in an invitation, and He always sends in an invitation with a purpose and with a direction, with an objection, that is, is, is make sure it is a seed will receive it as invitation. You find out these those the children of a God that inside of them have something that is moving in them. But when God speak to them or send in an invitation, that's inside of them they rise it up. They want to receive it. And that's how in this last age, where he sent it to the prophet, he given us as a message. He wanted us. He given us a, such a compelling force with a, such urgency. Said that this is the time for you to receive it. And this is the time for you to take the book and eat it. And eat everything that is in there. This is not just an invitation, just a, just a generally, just a haphazardly. But this is an invitation in a specific time. Said this is the time you must receive it. There's no other things beside this can be any more important. The COVID is not in an important. This is things, the last thing, whatever that is in our life. There's none of them is more important than responding to what is an invitation has to invite you to do. The reason that this invitation doesn't do anybody else is because there's nothing inside them to respond. But inside of the believers, there was a something because there was a seed laid in there. Whenever the God is calling, they always, they always come to responding to that call. And Brother Abraham said, uh, instead of go down the land and by ways and to compel them and force them to come in. If there is anything possible, make it so scorching to them until they will have to see it or put on their dark glasses and walk it away. Refuse to see it. He said, make it a plan. Prove it. Prove the scripture. What is the compelling force? The compelling force is as what he said here. He said, compel them to come. He said, make it as a plan and prove it the scripture. In another word, the compelling force is when God makes his word become a plan. And make his of the word become a proven. Or make it his word become a vindicated. That become a compelling force. The compelling force is not that we try to make it a governing. Try to govern the people. You shouldn't do that. You shouldn't do this. The compelling force is when God makes his of the word plan. When God vindicates his word to be the truth. That become a compelling force. And then people start to make an excuse. Because of the people inside of them, there's nothing to respond to that word. But if you are the seed of the word, seed of a God, when the compelling force come, you will respond to that compelling. That's why the Lord is sending them a message in this hour, which is such a vindication to it. And they prove it at a time after time. Why is it? Because of the seed of a God will only receive that word when it's proven. 
And then they become a compelling force. They actually become a driven force to drive them to do things that they normally wouldn't even do. No matter if they feel worthy or not worthy, but under the compelling force of God, of the word in this hour, they will go into the wedding supper. And in the five definition, a definite identification of the true church, of the living God. Brother Bram said that we never compel them a woman to do that. He said that we never compel our man not to drink, not to swear. We just preach the gospel and lay down the pattern of the Bible. And in many men that it comes to the Pentecostal faith and holy in the faith that come in and profess to be when they're not in their heart. Many women does the same thing. We don't tell them they have to do it. We just give them the, the pattern. Tell them what the Bible says. And if they are born of a heavenly spirit, then their spirit is no more Americanized. It's no more Germanized. It's heavenlized for the kingdom of a God. Amen. If you are the true seed of a God, when the word has become vindicated, when a message has been proved to be the truth, it compelled you to receive it. And that will bring you a new birth when you receive the word of God. Because of the word of a God as a seed, it wants to find its way into that fertile ground. You know, in this world, there are thousands after thousands of the voices. And a lot of the voices, uh, if we can uh, compare that just as a seed. And if a person is a mind, they will not be careful. And they can receive all kinds of seed that are inside of them. You know, all those voices, they try to do one thing. All these voices, they try to come in and taking the hold so that you will follow what is the voice to tell you to do. And in the, you know, the Satan in this world, he was doing the, the same thing. What he tried to do, he tried to pregnate your mind with all kinds of thoughts, with all kinds of voices. But you, have, you only have to make sure you receive only one seed. That seed is a seed word of God. That has been vindicated and proved that in this hour, the God compelling us to receive, you only, He only compel you to receive one thing. That is the word in this hour. Anything else is just a seed of a discrepancy. No matter how well it looks like, no matter how on the surface it looks as to the truth, but that the truth of a God is only content in the message of this hour. Anything else is just a filler. It's just a seed of a discrepancy. And when a seed, when you receive it, and in the Bible and in James 1, it said, But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust has conceived, it brings forth sin. And sin, when it's finished, brings forth death. And that's just like the seed that was conceived. And if it's just a seed that was in your mind, and if it's just on your mind, you're just thinking about it. But if you don't let it become a nested on your mind, 
that it will never do harm among you. If you're just a circular around it and remind it, but you have a right to reject it and or receive it. And if you received it in the wrong seed, and that a wrong seed starts to brew in the mind and in your heart, and then you receive it, then it will bring forth sin. And then when sin starts to grow, become a finish, it brings forth death. But on the opposite, if we receive the right word, if we receive the right seed word of God, and you're thinking about it, you believe it, and you receive it into the heart, and then it'll grow, then when it's finished, when it's become a perfect, it brings forth life in it. And many times the seed of a Satan looks like just like the seed of a God. It was just like the reasoning and an imagination and all things. It seems like it's very sensible. But if you go into the by the Holy Spirit, shine a light on it. If not according to the message of this hour, that seed is only the seed of a discrepancy. And one day I was uh, uh, just uh, somehow... Uh, I don't know who sent it to me or, or, uh, I, uh, or whatever. I, I saw the little clip. And it was a clip that was uh, talking about, um, uh, the fertilization. But how the, uh, how the, you know, the woman was a pregnant, how the, the seed and the, the egg, uh, when they coming together is created life. It was so amazing. When I saw the first one, I saw that I, I didn't really, uh, click it on me. But then when I watched it again, it was just, uh, when I look at it, I was like, what a miracle of God. And that's an even more a miracle just than the, uh, the virgin born. And I look at how the, the seed that's, uh, come, uh, the woman was uh, conceived and that it brings forth a life. And it, it was just mind boggling. And when I was watching that, I was thinking, how in the world did the scientists, when they're looking at it without believing, there's an intelligence behind it and to tell where the seed to go. But you see that the people, even they have no spiritual mind, they couldn't find. They they don't know what is that. And in that in that clip, and you know when the uh, when when the when the conception before the conception come, there's a millions, there's a millions of the seed, and it was just coming in, and that uh, they all those seed just have a one purpose: they want to go into that egg to fertile that egg. But not all seed can go into that egg to fertilize it. It's only one seed will go into that egg to fertilize it, then bring life to come. And that all you look at it, the scientists have said that there were just millions and millions. They're crawling on top of each other and just to travel, just to find the one goal is to make that egg become a fertilized, become the, the life to become a fertilized. And then I was thinking about it. In this world, there's millions of millions of the voices. They all try to do one thing. Try to fertile your mind. To try to go into your mind. No matter if it's the, the man's voice or the media's voice or the social, that everything. It is all try to do one thing to pregnate it in your mind. But God has a one purpose too. He doesn't care about the others. He only cares about the one goal. That seed must be dropped into the face. Dropped into the, the believing heart of the children of God. And that it life upon. And if you are only, if you are the predestinated seed of a God, 
you will receive the right seed. And when I look at that clip, and then it said the one the seed start to uh, coming and move towards uh, uh, the, the egg, and uh, it was some of the it was almost like a miraculous that was happening. And then all the seed able to try to fertile that egg, but there was the one seed. And I, I said to the scientists, you only need to say one word that predestinated the seed. It's not to the first one. It's not to the back one. It's not to the most powerful one. It's not to the... It doesn't matter. It's just the predestinated intelligence of a God. And sometimes the word of a God doesn't look like has a force in it. Doesn't look like it has a power in it. But if you receive it, no matter how sometimes you feel weak, but only when you receive it, it will create a life in a person. And the brother Bramah said, in the crisis, the mystery of a God revealed. He said, how do you know? Because you are a church member? He said, because the Christ is living through you. So pregnated with his spirit that you are a prisoner to anything else. You are confined, oh my, to the gospel. Confined to the word. And all the children that you can bring forth is that. Because you are a prisoner. You can't commit adultery. You're already pregnant. Glory, he can't take a hold. The womb of a life is close to anything else. You are already his by predestination. Thy seed has come to life. No world can get it in. And the one that uh, conceiveness, you have to forgive me, I'm not a scientist and I don't even know the uh, all this word. But when the uh, when the seed ended the egg, when they uh, come together, uh, when the uh, when the uh, conception took a place, took a place, there was a, something very strange that happened. When the seed is dropping into the egg, and it actually the it triggers something that's at the end of the egg to release a chemical, and when the chemical was released, and the, the chemical will become a hostile and to push every other seed away from it. And to the egg, the shell become a hardened so no other seed can come in and in. Because of that seed, that egg was now conceived. Do you understand me? I, my, my, uh, I told you I'm not a scientist. I don't know how this uh, scientific is behind it. But that fertile to the egg, before it was a dormant. There is a no life sign that is in there. And it was just a laying there that is the dormant. But as soon as that seed, that predestinated seed, bored its way into that egg, and something miraculous happened inside out of it. And on the outside, on the inside, you can't see it. But on the outside, it starts to release chemical. He never released it before, but when a seed coming into that egg, then he released the chemical to reject every other seed. When a predestinated seed of a God, when your faith receiving the word of a God, when that predestinated of the word of life that are coming into you, you start to release hostile chemical to the world. You start to reject any seed of a disagreement. 
When a world is trying to come in, you say no. Before, you never say it. Why now? Because the life has to come into you. Now it is not you live anymore, but the one that is the greater than the world, the predestinated word of God in this hour and pouring his way into your faith. And you don't even know why. How in the world I hate drinking? How in the world I hate smoking? How in the world I hate the pornography? How in the world I hate those things? It's because of the life has come into you. You receive the word, young people. The desire changed. The nature changed. The on the outside, seemingly there's nothing happened, but there's the inside of the inside. The predestinated word of a God had dropped into the predestinated, the egg, the phase. And it starts to release the chemicals. And it actually has become a hostile. It will become a aggressive. The any seed on the outside to try to come in, it will reject it. It will kill it. Now you understand it's not you living anymore. It's not you hate sin, but it's God Himself, the life inside of you. He starts to release the force. The egg and the face used to be dormanted, but now it comes to life. It changed from just a weak body, become a warrior. You started in war with the worldly influence. You started in war with the things that are in the world. You started in war with the Satan who tried to throw it and seed into you. It's not you live anymore. But it's the Christ living inside of you. And that outside it become a hardened. Did you feel that sometime you feel that you're hardened? It's not your heart. Your heart was a soft and tender to the word of a God. I'm going to talk about it inside of a little later. But on the outside, you bring forth a different, different face. Because of the things that Emperor Ram said, as soon as the life giving flow, that seed, then there is that other seed that just would come in, wouldn't take a hold. Just couldn't do it. And in that video clip, there's a still seed on the outside. He tried to get it in. But because of the life has happened on the inside, no matter how they try to bore it in, but the outside shell become hardened. And in the face of the believer, when they receive the word of God, is that you try to resist the sin? Is that you try to resist the world? You just need to do one thing. Receive the word of a God. The word of a God will start to creating an atmosphere. And to the world, you start to rejecting it. It's not only you desire, but without able to do it. But you have an ability that are living inside of you. Start pushing out. That's why the Bible says that sin should not have a dominion over you. He said, but when that seed come in, quickly it stop up the wound. All the rest of the seed was to drove it out just like that. As I said, it's not because you have the power to do it. 
But it's a life that's living inside of you. That will make it a release on a power to reject it as sin. And Brother Bramah said, is your life worthy of the gospel? He said, a Christian, oh, you must have a personal relationship to God. You must. It's not an option. The invitation is not an option. You can or you can. The invitation has no option. You must receive the personal relationship to God. That's why in the last age, God gave us a message. It's compelling us to receive Him. That's why He's the seed, the Word of a God well, compelling himself or pushes his way into the predestinated egg of God. Or seed of God. It's the same thing. You are predestinated to only receive the word in this hour. You're not a predestinated to receive anything else. That's why God pushes us away. But you know, go through all the parallel journey. The scientist said, think about it. He said, that seed has to go through all the, the parallels journey. Dangers. The acid in the womb of the, of the woman. And everything was a hostile. But that seed make it its way into that egg. And I was thinking about the word of a God has won through so many opposition. So many difficulties, so many parallels, but it finds its way in your soul. Why? Because of your germ before the foundation of the world finds you. Brother Abraham said, in order to be a sign of a God, you must become relation to God. When we're talking about it, we must have a personal relationship with the Lord. We're always thinking about it. We must. We have to do this. We have to do this. I have to do this. No. You must become relation to God. It's not that you try to walk closer with the personal relationship with God. You become a relation to God. He said, uh, He must be your father in order for you to be a son. Only his son and daughter are saved. Not a member of the church, but sons and daughter. There is only one thing that will produce that. That's the new birth. When we talk about a personal walk with the Lord, it's not that you try to do certain things, try to do a million times, a million times of things, try to get closer to God. You just get that new birth. When you have that new birth, you become a relation to God. When you become a relation to God, you have a personal relationship with God because He become your father and you become His son. He said that the new birth is the only thing that will produce relationship to God. Do you understand that? It's not what you have done, but it's that you become His son. And let me say this. If the word of a God had come to you and you receive it, because only the seed of a God can receive the word of a God. If you're not the child of a God, you cannot even receive it. 
But inside of you there was something that God had put it in there before the foundation of the world. When the word of God had come right away, you embrace it. And to the scientists that said that they, he said that when the, when that is seized and it coming into the egg, he said that the inside of that seed has the 23 chromosomes. You probably know that. He said the inside of the egg, there's the 23 chromosomes. He said that in that seed, actually in the cell, or they call it a, I think they call it a pro nucleus or something. He said, inside of that, there's a 23 chromosome. And inside of the egg, there's a full uh, nucleus as well as the cell, has a 23 chromosome. He said, when that is the egg, it recognizes the seed, the, the sperm that are coming in. He said that the seed actually reached it out. It was like a, like a spider wipe, started to reach it out. And then the, the egg do the same thing. He started reaching it out. And then they pull each other to each other. They pull the, the egg, start to pull the seed into her. And then the seed start to pull an egg into her. Why? They recognize each other. If you are the predestinated seed, there is a recognition that is living inside of you. When the word comes and you start to pull the word inside of you. And the word started pulling to the leg inside of her, him. They started getting closer and closer and closer and closer to each other. Because they recognize each other. They are the same. And they have the same genetic code that is inside of them. If you are the seed of a God, you have the genetic code of a God. The living right inside of you. And God in His Word has a genetic code exactly the same as what is happening inside of you. That's why they recognize each other. Then they start to love. They start to pulling. They start to pull themselves into each other. Then the life started. Only the believer, when they heard the word, they started to pull the word inside of them. Oh Lord, I believe it, Lord. I'm not what I ought to be, but I'm not what I used to be. And the word will look at you. Did I say that the Lord said, He was not a complete without you. He was a searching for the ground. He was searching for a place that he can put himself into it. Can have a wrath. Can have a created life. And only the word can do that. And an amazing thing the scientist said. That 23 chromosomes are in the day. And then 23 chromosomes that are in the seed. When they come together, he said that they recognize each other. And the genetic code, the gene that's in that, they start finding their position and connected it together. He said, in that split second, instantly, he said, it determined their hair color, the eye color, and determined what they're going to be look like, 
determined hundreds of a characteristic that it belongs to the father and to the mother. And it was all laid in that agenda. In that agenda. Let me read it. But Abraham said there was only one thing that were produced at. That's the new birth. The new birth is the only thing that were produced in relationship to God. And then they, the man may say, what do we do then after we've been born again? Somebody asked me the question, what should I do then, Brother Brenham? If you are born again, your entire nature is changed. You are dead to the things you once thought. We ask the question, what do we do after we're born again? If you read it carefully, what the brother said, he said that you are born again, your entire nature is changed. You're dead to the things you once thought. When you're dead, can you do anything? If you still do anything, you're not dead yet. But when you're dead, you cannot do anything. Then the answer of the question after you're born again, what should I do? Nothing. You're dead. You're not doing anything. But he's starting from that time on. He began to live. He began to rebuke the Satan. He began to live a new life. Everything he does is not what you did. You did. Because of the new life has formed that in that sea, in that egg. You're a new being. The old you is dead. And now the egg, the face is quickened. There's not life of yours living there anymore. But it's the life of a God living in you. And on the outside, you're still fighting. When I inside, when the 23 chromosomes connected together, the life starts to forming. They start to reach it out to each other and pull each other into each other. But on the outside, fighting still going on. On the outside, still release chemicals to reject, to reject it all the seed. When you are fighting, that is a good sign. Something has an inside of you already happening. When you are on the outside, you start to battle with the Satan, with the seed of a discrepancy, with all kinds of things in the world, and you don't want it to do rejected. That shows that something has happened inside of your life. But Abraham said, when this takes place, he said, the thing you will do then, you will find out that the spirit that is coming in you from the new birth, you will believe and do everything that God says in his word is for you to do. And everything that the Bible quotes for you to do, you will punctuate with an amen. That shows you have a life. Every word of a God, you believe it to be the truth. You see, what I speak in tongue, you might do that. You might not. What I shout, 
What I shout, you might do that, you might not. But there is a one sure thing you will do. You will bear the fruit of the Spirit. And the fruit of the Spirit is a love, joy, peace, faith, long-suffering, meekness, gentleness, patience. Your amen getting quieter. I know what it is. Lord, do I have the fruits? Lord, do I have the joy? If I have a joy, why I cannot laugh? I was afraid of Thomas was laughing, smiling all the time. When I go through a trial, why do I bow my head? Don't you forget, when that the seed and the lake coming together, the genetic code is already laid in there. The genetic code is already in that seed. The 23 chromosomes is in that egg already, but they homogenize it together. And the scientists said that when they homogenize, connected it together, he said in that split second, instantly, all the hair color, the eye color, the hundreds of a characteristic of a, that gene is all in that little seed life has quickened to life. So when you receive the word, the word contains all the characteristic of Jesus Christ. And the word contains the power of a Christ. The word contains the joy. The word contains the patience. The word contains the life. All the genetic code is already pre-installed in that word. And when that word drop into that faith, when that faith received the word, they recognized it in each other, and then the seed, the egg was conceived. Then your faith was conceived. And when you receive it, and everything characteristic of Jesus Christ, it's all in there instantly. So when you are changed, when the life is coming inside of you, then it's not you live anymore, but He lives inside of you. And then your nature is changed. Just like, like the gene that was in that egg, that was changed. And all the fruit, everything that is in the Word of God, when it connected it with the face, it all lays in that conceived or impregnated the seed there already. So it's not you try to bear the fruit. But it's uh, the nature that you have start to spring forth fruit. It's not you try to produce any fruit that all, uh, like, like on the limb of the tree. But there's a life source inside of you. And that life start to spring forth all fruits that's been needed. When you received the word, that word has already got every fruit that you were supposed to bear. And when you receive it, and God will make it all the fruit to come forth. But the said, is your life worthy of the gospel? He said, when a man is born again, there is a little spot, 
like size of his fingernail that God injects into him. The system and it falls into his heart and there it anchors. It says, then Satan makes him prove it. And if it ain't there, he said, you're gone. Then Brother Brown related to it as a story. He lost his uh, wife. He lost his uh, daughter. And uh, he, he said he even lost, uh, before that he lost his, his father and his, his brother and all those things that was come upon him. And then uh, he prayed to the Lord and his, his wife died. And his, his daughter Sharon rose, passed away. The Lord even rejected it uh, to uh, speak to him. And he said, I said all night long, all day long, I said that to God, what have I done? Show me, Lord. Don't let the innocent have to suffer for me if I done wrong. I didn't know he was trying me. But every son that's come to God has got to be tried. If you're conceived, receiving the seed word of God, and every children of God will have to go through the test. It's because of the, during the test is to show if that seed is really true seed or not. It's during those tests you start to understand that the seed word of God has the power laid in there. It has to go through a test for that to be manifested. And Brother Brahma said, when, he said, tell me what I have done. He said, I'll make it right. What have I done but preach all day long, all night long, and just give him my life constantly? What have I done? And Satan said, oh, that's right. You see, now when it comes to you, you told all of them that you believe that is a great healer. And there lays your baby laying there dying. He refused to even hear. Your wife died with tubercular, uh, tubercular pneumonia. You said he could heal cancer. And there he is. Now you're talking about him being good and how good he is to people. What about you? Then I began to listen to him. He said, that's the reason. In another word, the seed starts to try to come again. He said, I saw that's right. You know, whenever the reasoning, devil is the great reasoner. And he, you don't want to reason with him. And he can reason you even with the Bible. You must have that a personal relationship with him. When you have the personal relationship with him, you're not living by reasoning. Reasoning doesn't do anything to you. Reasoning might influence and might try to affect you, but will never take a hold. Because even a new birth is coming inside of you, no matter how many seeds it try to come in, it will never take a hold. He said, I began to listening to him. That's the reason I saw that's right. He said, he can tell. He don't have to speak the word. Just look to your baby and it will live. I said, that's right. Then Satan said, not as much as you've done for him. And yet that's what he does for you, huh? Isn't that sounds of the devil sometimes talking to you? I said, that's right. He said, I began to think. Well, well, see, everything began to break away. When it come to reasoning, but when it come to that, that hunk. What is that? 
the new birth. He said that it stayed there. I was just about ready to say that I will quit. But when it got down to all the reasoning power had broke away, then it come to that eternal life, that new birth. What if it hadn't have been there? What if it hadn't have? We wouldn't have no one another the way we do now. This church would not have been like this. There's thousands and millions around the world. But thank God it was there. What is there? The new birth that pregnated a seed is still there. The reasoning may give in the way, the imagination of the five cents and everything, the seed of the Satan, all kinds of things start to try to flood it in. But their new birth still holds. That seed of a God still holds. When you receive that word, when you believe the message that in this hour, there's a something miraculous done inside of you. It creates life. Cell upon cell, cell upon cell. In God's time, that baby is going to be born. And you do the same thing. When you receive the word, you believe the word of a God. No matter what reasoning try to say, no matter what seed in the outside world try to come in, but let me tell you, that seed inside of you still holds. That new birth will always hold. If he can hold to the prophet, he will hold to the bride of Jesus Christ. Then I thought, what? Who am I? Anyhow, who am I to question His Majesty? Who am I to question the Creator that gave me my very life here on earth? Where did I get that baby? Who gave it to me? Not mine, anyhow. He just loaned her to me for a while. Now, what's speaking? It's not the reasoning speaking. But that new birth speaking. Because that new birth always points you back to the word of a God. The Lord giveth, the Lord taketh us away. That is the word of a God. When it rested on that, all the seed were, like the, 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 I was saying, the, the, the fertile of the egg start to release hostile chemicals to reject all those seed. It's not a brother Brandon to try to manage it up to see that. It's not a new birth that is inside of him. When testing time come, he rises it up to release hostile chemicals to drive those seed out of the way. When you go through the test, if you have that word laid in you, it will automatically release the hostile chemicals to reject every seed of a Satan out of here. I said, Satan, get away from me. I went over, lay my hands on the baby. I said, God bless you, sweetheart. In a minute, daddy would take you down. Put you on mommy's arm. The angels would pack your little soul away. And I will meet you in that morning. I said, Lord, you give her to me. You are taking her away. Though you slay me, like Job said, yet I love you and I believe you. If you send me to hell, I will love you anyhow. I can't get away from that. There you are. Just an intellectual, it all will broke away. But you got to have a personal relationship. You got to be born again. And by God's grace, I believe that we are born again. 
We have received the word of a God. That sea word of a God that lays inside of us starts to work. And young people, though you know to sing it, but when you just receive the word, feed on the word. God gave you an invitation. When you feed on the word, receive that invitation. As you feeding on, you that a sea word of a God start to drop in your face. And you start to believe and you start to have faith to what he said. And then the seed that inside of you will get a faith will connect it together. They will pull to each other. When they pull to each other, then they will create a life inside of you. May the Lord bless you. Let a musician come. <laughs> Children of God, I just want to say, do you have that seed laid in you? Isn't that a word to come in this hour? It's specifically for one purpose. And they said, all things are ready. Come to the supper that the Lord has made for you. What is God doing? He tried to, that is the seed that's coming into you. He vindicated as the word. To let us as the word become proven and vindicated. To make it a plan for one purpose. To compel them to come in. To compel you to receive it in. Because he knows that when you receive it in him, it's a him that's inside of you will start to creating life. It's not you try to managing it. It's not you try to creating life. But that seed word of a God has its creating power. When you receive it, and then it starts to creating life. Sometimes we feel bad. We feel we're in the battle. Sometimes we feel that on the outside we're just fighting and the fighting and the fighting. You know what? That is the good sign. Because of the life and inside of you start to releasing the hostile chemical to the influence of this world. Don't you worry. That life inside of you, it will create a life. Sell it upon sell. Sell it upon sell. You just be faithful to what the word of God has said. And that it will create a miraculous life inside of you. You know, when I, when I watched that little clip, I was thinking, Lord, how true that it is. How in my heart I love that word. How in the heart of the children of God, they love that word. I literally feel I can reach out of my arm and face, pull that word inside of me. I think we can feel that in the same way. Lord, let a face that is inside of me, pulling that word into me. Don't be like those people that are trying to find excuses. As I said, no matter how legitimate that you think that excuse is, but this is the time we're making no excuse. Because God is not going to excuse you. Why? Because He sent His life-giving seed to every one of us. Let us stand. We can sing a song together. I'm no longer a slave, but I'm a child of a God. I think I can truly say that we're no longer a slave. We are the child of a God because He has given His seed that to us and that we become the children of the living God. Let's sing it all together. Oh, I'm no longer
let's just bow our head. Oh God, how we thank you, Lord. We can be called the child of a God. Lord, if it's a child of a slave, there's a still fear in there. If it's just a child of a man, there's still fear of there. Even as the child of the king that on this earth, there's still have a fear in him there. But Lord, we be called the child of a God. Lord, thus there is no fear that in there because you have conquered death, which is the most fearful thing. Lord, you have pulled a stinger of the Satan's of the power, the death. Lord, so that we can eternally that are living with you, even on this earth, we can still sit in the heavenly places. Lord, even death, the one day, gonna take some of us that are in just into the. Oh, it's just the death realm. But Lord, we have that assurance that those that believe you, that they will never die. Even they die, you will resurrect to them. What a power that you give it to us, Lord. What a resurrection power that you have given it to us. Lord, we thank you for the word that you give us in this hour through the prophet messenger. Lord, how we're thankful that it's like a light that is shine on the in the darkness, so that we're not that the fearful anymore, but know exactly who we believed and where we're gonna go into. Lord, I pray you to be with this congregation, all your children. Lord, we have heard your word. Lord, and now that we want to act upon your word, Lord, give us another personal relationship with you, Lord. Let us walk closer to you, Lord. I know that we have been, many of us we have received the word. We have been birthed into the kingdom of God, Lord. That you ever give us a new nature, Lord. I just pray that the cells inside of us become a growing, just bigger and bigger, multiplied itself, so that we can live a godly life along this earth. No matter what we're facing, no matter what come upon our way, but we know. God Himself is the answer because You're the one that's greater than the one that is on the outside. We give You all the thanks and glory in the name of Jesus Christ. We pray, Amen.、Uh, shall we sing another song? Oh yes, I'm a child of the King. Just before we go, let's sing it all together. You remember that song? I'm a child of the King. Oh yes. Oh yes, I'm a child.
sing another song, just, just one more song. And when the redeemed are getting in, because uh, we're going to be getting in this afternoon for the communion. We're going to eat to the bread, we're going to drink to the communion wine, and we're going to wash the food. We're going to have a wonderful time. And so let's sing it all together. When the redeemed are getting in. is over. Of course, COVID won't be there. Border won't be there. 
and we can all mingle together. One thing, you got to receive that invitation. And by God's grace, I know we have received the invitation, Brother Jason. So glad to see you can cross the border again to be with us. Well, may the Lord bless every one of you. Have an expectation when you come for the Lord's table. Check ourselves. Believe. Have faith to God. Know what a great thing the Lord has done to us, Sister Glista. I'm just so filled as my heart was a joy. I'm looking forward to that time. Not only just the... Uh, you know, just eating the bread and having uh, having the communion and the wine. It's just the time of the getter together, time of a fellowship with our God. To say, Lord, I love you. How I thank you. You saved our children. You've done a great thing in our family. You bring another prodigal home, and you keep the son and daughter of a God not going out to be a prodigal. And I, what a keeping power that our God is having. You know, then in the prayer meeting, I pray to the Lord. I said, Lord, we pray for the prodigal come home. But Lord, I pray we don't want any more prodigals. Let the grace of a God keep every children of a God not to be a prodigal. We're coming to the urgent time. This is the time. Receive an invitation. Feast on the word of a God. May the Lord bless you. Let's shake hands with each other until we meet again this afternoon. The Lord be with you.